You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. Today, once again, we talk about the goat, the man, the myth, the legend, Mel Brooks. But before we get to the specific topic, I have uh, I have some gripes to get to, and it's with Amazon Fire Stick. Now I don't know if it's specifically the the Fire Stick or just Amazon in general. Let's let's shit on the entire company as yes, a whole. Yes, let's shit on the entire company. I just typed in Mel into the the search, and the the search results what came out Mel Brooks is the fourth option down mm-hmm. when you type in Mel. Third, if you want to like exclude, because they always have the first option, literally what you just typed. So if you want to just exclude Mel in general, yeah, it's the third option. Can I take a guess at who the first two? Yes, are? please. Wait, for, wait, wait, it's you said two or three. That so the first one is just what you wrote. So I wrote Mel. The first one would be Mel. So it would okay. be uh, so, second, third, and then finally coming Mel Brooks. Okay, so the second then would be a different Mel, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. or someone with Mel in their name. Would it be Mel Blank? No. No, no he doesn't even... I mean, that that's kind of like... A, Mel Blank was the Looney Tunes guy. Right. Yeah, so that's that's going that's going back. So yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. What, wasn't there Mel B from the Spice, Spice Girls? <laughs> Definitely was not Mel B. Yeah. Um, who else would be... Or maybe it could be like something, some movie with Mel in it, mm. possibly. Um, or I don't know what other, there's not that many, there's not really like that many famous Mel's, right? There's, unless I'm like missing something completely, I don't know. I'm damn, you're going to have to give it. So when you type Mel Mm -hmm. into the search for an Amazon fire, the first two options that come up are Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson movies. It's a Shonda. Yeah. The first thing, and always the first thing, when you type in Mel, should be Mel Brooks, because he's the greatest ever. So what you're saying is that Amazon is anti-Semitic. I guess so. <laughs> that they're you know like, what? Mel Gibson first. Right? Seriously. Uh, well, I can't believe he, see, he even escaped my mind, Mel Gibson, because yeah. uh, he hasn't been, I feel like he just has, well, he's been like directing, I guess, in the last few yeah, years. Yeah, just and directing, and I think he was in Daddy's Home 2. Yeah, but he hasn't really been doing much yeah. of acting as of late. At least I haven't seen anything with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really disappointing. That is disappointing. But what's not disappointing is everything that Mel Brooks ever does. Of course. Except for that vampire one. But we don't talk about that one. No, uh, he's... he's <laughs> Look, I mean, he, it's not... You can't ha- uh, bat a thousand. That's you know? true. Um, but he's, he's done pretty good. Yeah. But today, we wanted to talk about... Mel. They came out with a new documentary mel brooks unwrapped which uh, takes a look back at the legendary career of award-winning actor writer producer and director mel brooks as told through his hilarious and insightful interviews with producer alan yentob former creative director for the bbc yeah yeah um i kind of i like the style of it it kind of goes back and forth throughout the years it's a little i wouldn't say disjointed it kind of jumps around all over the place yeah but there are certain parts 
there's certain parts that like really stand out mm-hmm. to me and that I really like. I like the little I actually like a lot of the stuff that was filmed that like the um recent stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually like a lot of that cuz I like to see where he is now. Like I like when he goes to visit Carl Reiner. Yes. Like the little stuff like that. They um, stop at the Whole Foods to pick up uh chicken meatballs. So so that's like my favorite. That actually <laughs> might be my favorite part of the whole documentary. Oh yeah. Is when he goes to the Whole Foods and he just it's really funny cuz he goes in and you're just like, "Oh, he just looks like an old man yeah. going to Whole Foods." And then the woman stops and she's like, oh my God. And she like freaks and she says like how happy he's <laughs> yeah. made her and stuff. And it's like really sweet. Yeah. And he actually handles it really well because like you almost can feel like, you know, he probably doesn't want to be bothered really. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, the guy is 93 years old. How many times do you think that has happened throughout his entire life? Oh, yeah. That, that And to still have like the patience and... And he even is like funny in in that moment, like he and he's so like he's still like really sharp. It's incredible. It's insane. Like yeah. he looks, look, he looks old, but he is still like his mind and everything is all there. So mm-hmm. he's like he's doing something right. And yeah, when he goes, yeah, the woman comes up to him and she's like, yeah, what'd she say? Like, oh, you've you know you've made me so happy over the years, or like you know. And he said, if I had known, I would have charged you or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, he throws in a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so but it's good. like a very nice, like it's just a very nice moment. Yeah. Um, it's just sweet, and uh, yeah, but it's just incredible. Him and Carl Reiner too. Um, I do like when he kind of like makes fun of Carl a little bit. Like he says something at one point when they're talking. I forget. I wish I'd written it down. But there's like a word that he says, and he goes, he goes. That doesn't, or that that phrase doesn't make sense. Or he says like that phrase doesn't make sense, but I'm gonna allow it or something like or something like that. <laughs> oh, yes, what I does remember he say? What yeah. Oh, I th- oh my god, it was one of those wor- ones where it's like, it's kind of jumbled up, or yeah. or you know exactly what he's trying to say, but he kind of yeah. he throws in a few extra words that you're just like, oh, that that yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, he's like, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I love that him and Carl Reiner still have like dinner together every night. Yeah, it's like it's really nice. I think it's like an important for them, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's I feel like it's 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 tough when you're that old and like you like lose your wives and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like it's got to be like tough. So if you have like your friend, like that's really important to laugh and definitely. That's just I don't know. It, it, that stuff was was just like really nice. Um, that I thought the whole um, relationship with him and and Alan was interesting. I didn't so like I don't understand. I guess Alan is just like it's all part of like a bit, obviously. Yeah, the the interviews were very. It seemed like they kind. I, that's the thing I was wondering. Like some parts definitely felt not not staged, but like mm-hmm. pre discussed. Yeah, and then other times I was like. Uh, is this because there was a lot of f- times where that you could hear the crew laughing? Yeah. Um, so I was curious as to like what was that pre- those pre discussions like? I think it's like more of like that's like the shtick they have going on where mm-hmm. he's just kind of more like I don't want to say like uptight. He's not uptight. He's just not like funny, silly guy. Like he's like a real like straight man kind of. Yeah, guy. he definitely played the straight man. But then the, towards the end, he's like laughing when they mm-hmm. or when they go and they what what are they eating off of his tree? The, uh, oh, um, was it like pears a, or it was like an orange or something? Oh yeah, orange. Okay, yeah, yeah. And like he was like smiling. It was like it was the first time he smiled throughout yeah. the, the entire documentary. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so he's like, you know, what kind of reminds me? It's like sort of like Conan and Jordan Schlansky. Yeah, where it's like not. I mean, it's not an exact comparison, mm-hmm. but it's like um, 
And for those of you who don't know, I would just say go to YouTube and do Conan and Jordan Talansky and maybe you'll kind of see what we're talking about. Yeah. But like that relationship where it's like they play it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of truth there too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The the part that really got me going with this documentary was it was an earlier footage, so I guess it was maybe their first time doing the interview together. Yeah. And it was when Mel showed up and they have all the stuff set up in the hallway and he's like, what's going on here? What's all this, like all this stuff. And the line specifically is like, I have big meetings with important Gentiles. Yeah. yeah. And that got me. Like, I was like, Oh my God, this is just, that's just so Mel. Yeah. No, it's he, so good. I, I liked how, yeah, they kind of spanned the different decades. Mm-hmm. They showed a lot actually where he was doing some, I guess he was promoting, um, why do I keep forgetting the name of the movie? The, are you talking about Young Frankenstein or oh no, uh, the, the one from the, ninety? The yeah, yeah, yeah. 90s. Um, the big big stink is that what it's called? Life stinks. Life stinks. Life stinks. Which I actually that's the one I've never seen. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, that one kind of just like went. Yeah, like, I don't think it was that good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One I thing, didn't hear much about yeah, it. Yeah, one thing I found super interesting about this is that I've seen a lot of other documentaries about Mel Brooks, and I never realized that a lot of what a lot of the footage that some of the other documentaries use is from these interviews. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like that now we kind of have, yeah, I guess a, a foundation of where, where some of this comes from. Yeah. It was kind of like, I guess he made it all complete. The mm-hmm. weird thing about it though, is that it just kind of jumped around and didn't have like a, like there's certain movies it didn't cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what he was doing, he was just like, whatever, whatever times we met, what, you know, he just kind of spliced that right. together. It seemed so like they, I loved when they um, were talking about the producers mm-hmm. and they showing old footage and I forget like and every even though I've seen that movie a bunch of times when I see like clips from it again I forget like oh my god this movie is so fucking funny oh it's brilliant it's like the best so like going through that and then he they show a clip from High Anxiety mm-hmm. but they don't show anything from they really don't show anything actually past that I guess right because they don't show yeah. silent movie they don't show history of the world. Well, they right. don't even show Blazing Saddles at all, do they? They talk they about talk it. about it, but they don't show any footage right. from it. And they like History of the World and Spaceballs and mm-hmm. Robin Mennonites, those are like completely left out. Yeah, that's true. Which I find so this is what I find really interesting. I actually recently watched Spaceballs with with my dad. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like his generation is like more like Blazing Saddles, yeah. Young Frankenstein. And a lot of them too, like kind of don't think outside of that they think like that's the pinnacle and that's like there's nothing else that's good like he still enjoys space balls yeah but he does but it's like not in the same realm i feel like we appreciate the, the sheer stupidity of space balls <laughs> more than other people do definitely that definitely um robin Hood men in tights yeah because i i love them all like yeah. i think it's great but like i just feel and even mel brooks like i think loves space balls yeah i think it's his favorite of his his movies mm-hmm. because it's just the sheer like stupid he loves the sheer stupidity of it yeah like like a lot of times when we'd be watching my dad I'd be like oh that's so he'd, he'd like laugh but he'd be like oh it's so stupid it's so so stupid i'm like yeah it is yeah it's great <laughs> like, it's, i love how stupid it it's is kind of the point yeah. yeah like it gets me every time like every there's so many just like all the little lines in that movie mm-hmm. get me every time even like the real the ones that are just like corny yeah even the corny lines i like you yeah. know like the combing the desert thing. Oh, that's it's, brilliant. I it's love like, it. it's it's so stupid, but it's funny. Yeah. You know? Or when, um, you know, ludicrous speed, I still think is like one of the funniest things. Yeah. But I, I think that is like purely 
generational because mm-hmm. I know from listening to um, Seth Rogen and yeah. his writing partner Evan Goldberg talk, mm-hmm. they like Spaceballs was like their inspiration. Yeah, to like get into comedies like that was like as because they're only a few years older than us mm-hmm. really and like they watched that as kids and they were like this is the greatest thing ever yeah we need to do something you know and i don't know i just i found that really interesting the the difference mm-hmm. like the like and but that's also what i love about mel brooks is that he kind of does span the generations but people i think relate to him maybe more so at different times yeah i can appreciate the entire career mm-hmm. for sure but um but I think you and me, and correct me if I'm wrong, we can appreciate like the Spaceballs, Robin Hood, Men in Tight stuff just as much. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, but it, you you definitely are hitting on an interesting point where generations kind of see see each of them differently. Mm. And the one thing that I thought was interesting that he he mentioned in this documentary, where it's especially because the generations find like Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein so amazing, yeah. is how. I guess he was saying that with the amount of money that was made from the previous movies, so the producers, he said, made a penny. Yeah. He said the uh, 12 chairs made a hay penny. Yeah. So he th- was thinking, I'm out of the business now. Like, yeah. there's, no way, there's no way that anything's going to end up happening, so I might as well just throw everything I have into Blazing Saddles. And it's, it's so it's wild. Like, I think also Carl and... Um, I saw it in a different documentary. Uh, Rob Reiner <clears throat> yeah. was mentioning how when Mel's thrown into like a corner, that's when his, the best stuff comes out. Yeah. Well, so it is interesting when he just kind of is like, well, whatever, I'm going to go for it. But isn't that like, that makes sense to like anything in life though. You really think about yeah. that? If you have like nothing to lose, then True. like you just go for it and it works. Um but I also liked when he described Blazing Saddles, what was it, what it was about, about yeah. like race and everything. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like people, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. um, if I had like one criticism of like the culture nowadays, is that I feel like people would miss the overall point because they mm-hmm. just hear they just hear things they don't want to hear, yep. and they're like, "Oh no, that's bad. That's bad word. That's bad." So it's like. No, well, that's the point, though. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Is like that's they're not; those aren't like the heroes. They're supposed yeah. to be made. It's a made a mockery of. That's right. The, that's the idea. I want the overall idea. One hundred percent agree with you. It's actually yeah. funny that you brought that up because I wrote down the, the, what he specifically was saying about that because I was like, yeah. wow, that like I, I feel that. So yeah, he was mentioning it started out where he was talking about people say he doesn't make serious films. Yeah, and he was like, no, they're they're serious. They they're passionate and they depict behavior at given points in history of humanity he said you got to say something about the system mm-hmm. about social structure about prejudice about people and about behavior yeah and i was like wow like that is like yeah basically but, what he's saying he's calling out what the system is yeah but that's like classic satire yeah. you know um and there's not many people who are able to do that mm-hmm. right now i still haven't seen jojo rabbit but i feel like he's like the closest thing to that, yes. so, well, at least with like what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. in like terms of like satire. But there's another thing that I I was thinking about too when watching this. Mm-hmm. When he started singing, when he was when they showed the clip from High Anxiety and he starts singing, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, there was a lot. Music was such a big part of his movies, right? Yeah. Not not all of them, but most of them actually. Probably Spaceballs is the only one that didn't really have anyone singing, except yeah. except for no, that's not true. The alien. Oh my god! At the <laughs> end, the <alien>. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So, okay, so technically yes, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> but singing was such a big part 
mm-hmm. of a lot of his movies, and he's such a musical guy. There's that yeah. there's that scene of him playing Gershwin on the piano. Mm-hmm. And he's really good. Yeah, he's actually a good piano player. Um, it's just like it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think of him that way, but he's actually a, like very good. Yeah, that and like he the can fact write that good music. That yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he's the fact that he's like a drummer. So the yeah. rhythm with not only music but rhythm with comedy is such a, a huge thing. He's an immensely talented guy. Yeah, even even now, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But going further, like all. You think about like he had he had written the theme song for Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. There was yeah high anxiety. Springtime for Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. So there's all that stuff and and also he made his movies into musicals. I never saw the Young Frankenstein musical, Me but neither. I saw the producers musical oh, okay. and and loved it. Yeah. I loved it on on Broadway. Mm-hmm. The movie didn't translate as well. It just didn't translate to a movie as well. Yeah, but um, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't love the the updated. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It didn't work, but. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that and even going back and like watching old um, Marx Brothers movies, yeah. like a lot of, in almost every movie, there's at least like one song where they break out into song. Hmm. And that's like a, that was like a thing within comedies is like, they would like sing. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just of the time or what, but can you think of anything now, any comedy where they like break out into song ever? And and not only that, though, I talk to people and people we know who, like, are really – one person I can think of in particular mm-hmm. who is really anti-musical. Okay. Like, there are people who are just like, I will never see a musical. Mm-hmm. Fuck musicals. Don't like them. And it's like, okay, so does that mean that, like, those movies are out? And I I, want, I just wonder if it's, like, a – again, maybe it's another generational thing. Right. I'm not sure because there is no one that – I feel like Mel Brooks in the same way is, like, the Marx Brothers – they kind of took that like the that singing element. Yeah, and I was thinking a lot about that and why why that's like not in why that's really not in movies anymore. The only one yeah. who does it in comedy now I can think of is like Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy. Sometimes right. we'll do like a musical thing. Yeah, but even then people like are kind of turned off by it. Mm-hmm. If anything, like that's like the thing that um, South Park I guess did. Um, Right, South Park did blame Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that with that I, whole that whole movie it was basically a musical. Yeah, so I guess they did it, um, mm-hmm. and and that actually they were able to do it well. Like, yeah, that actually caught on. But what so, was that like? Twenty years now. Yeah, I just feel like that's not a common thing. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and maybe it's just pure coincidence that Mel Brooks happened to be a musical guy. Right. But there's a great scene in in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Where he starts singing, yeah, and then and as soon as he starts, she like jumps, she like screams and jumps back. She's like taken aback. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's such a great reaction because like it's not a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, but like that's funny. Or when they sing "Men in Tights," mm-hmm. you know, and well, that and then there's a lot of music in that movie actually, oh, definitely. Yeah. But when he also does sing, when he like he announces the name of the song, he's like in B flat. Yeah, and then he just starts singing at her. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that is an interesting thing that like yeah, again, it's not. I can't think of a single movie in the past 10 years. Yeah. Comedy-wise that has any sort of uh music in it that way. Yeah, I just I feel like it's changed so much and there isn't that typical like hour and a half comedy like mm. isn't around anymore. Yeah, everything is now 2 plus hours. It's not the same. Yeah, it's there's like a different I almost feel like that sort of has gone away completely because no one because no one really can do it right. Mhm. You know, like I'm, and I've said this many times before, but I'm sick of like the Apatowian style. Yeah. Um, I've just, it's just kind of worn on me. The like, where like, it's just like where they don't say cut. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, 
it's not so much jokes anymore. Yeah. Like e- even in this the um the this documentary there was a few moments where he just like had these just quick joke lines. Yeah. There was one that I'm thinking of he uh they goes uh he's like there's one thing I hate it's glitter. And he's like talking about like people who are like ostentatious and all this stuff and then it's the p- camera slowly pans out and he has every single one of the awards that he's ever yeah. won just all over his desk clearly like just poking fun out of what he's saying yeah. so like there's that there was the one where he um i love that you said it's it's sort of in a similar vein he's like i subscribe to an oriental philosophy the yin the yang and most recently the yen yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's everything is just quick jokes yeah and just thinking of of space balls, you mm-hmm. know, quick, like, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? chicken? Yeah. You know, like, stuff like that is quick. not, the, everything is drawn out now. Like, they're kind of like, it's it's a ping-ponging back and forth, which can work, but it's just kind of so drawn out and overplayed now, I think. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of, um, and it's just not my personal mm-hmm. favorite, but might be someone else's. You know, people, I mean, a lot of these movies get, like, really good reviews. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's just, like, I don't. I'd prefer other stuff or like stuff like the naked gun, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just silly, quick kind of jokes. There was one thing in the, in this documentary that I just loved kind of as a, it was a combo, I guess, of a psych gag, but also just his just manipulation of words and just ability to kind of control a conversation. It was earlier in the beginning when he was trying to advertise young Frankenstein, the, the play. Yeah on the BBC and the guy's like, you can't, you can't like advertise it. He's like, look, we'll do like a quid pro quo, whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, okay, fine. I won't say anything about young Frankenstein playing at this theater in this area, yeah. whatever. And then he had like his assist- assistant come by and just quickly change the, uh, the poster behind him to young Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that, I just like loved, I was like, Oh my God, that is, that's just like a brilliant way to end like, yeah. a, a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, so good. I also, I, I love the thing where he comes in. He's like, can't do this interview. Can he starts naming off the people who died after he interviewed oh, yes. them? <laughs> yeah. You keep interviewing these people and then shortly after they die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, it was so funny. And the thing I thought was super interesting, especially with, like I was saying before, seeing that in other documentaries, like they use like some of this footage and whatever, how he, there's a lot of stories that he tells in these documentaries that he like tells multiple times yeah and in each documentary i i hear him tell it a slightly different way there's, oh really there's the whole um catskills bit that he has yeah. where he's talking about how jews go to the catskills and they they end up going there to die this time was the longest version i've ever heard he's talking about like they they just eat foods and high in cholesterol and then the main part of the bit is how they sing dancing in the dark in the wrong key oh yeah yeah um and, and then, then you have to start low because yeah. you're gonna get too it's gonna get too high exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. and this is that time he actually like stood on the desk and yeah. did, it, did this whole like crazy performance like that was pretty cool Getting to see that. He's a really like yeah. vibrant guy for someone who's ninety-three years old. Seriously. <laughs> it's really incredible. It's it's pretty he crazy. like knows the secret and like he just uh there was one point too where he was talking about what he was gonna eat for dinner and he was like, I'm gonna have some spaghetti and meatballs and uh and I'm gonna have a beer and I'm just like, he knows the secret. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's the secret to life. I could I could listen to him list off, I don't know, a receipt. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'll find a way to 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 tell it he didn't he didn't tell it in this documentary but i love the story that he tells about when he uh went to dinner 
with Alfred Hitchcock. Oh yeah, I've heard that one. He told well, he told the Cary Grant thing. He told which the Cary Grant, which I love one. the Cary Grant it's thing. It's so good because if if you haven't heard it, one you should definitely listen yeah. to Mel Brooks because he'll tell it better than us. But it's it's essentially he has these very small conversations. It's kind of like that Coke and Pepsi kind of thing. Like, do you like Coke? I like Pepsi. Uh, what's your favorite color? This that, yeah. and that's the conversations he was having with Cary Grant, who was at that time like the biggest. Uh, the biggest movie star ever. Um, And like day uh, comes Friday and Mel Brooks is sick of the the conversations. Like if it's Cary Grant, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. He can't stand them anymore because. And then there's the brilliant line where it turns out that Cary Grant brought, I guess I didn't realize Cary Grant was a British dude, but I guess he brought the uh, album copy of, of the 2000 year old man and brought it to the queen. Yeah. And then I guess she loved it, and I think it was it was either Carl or uh, Mel said the, the world's biggest chicks that loves our <laughs> our album. <laughs> it's nice though to hear stories like that when like these like well I always like when these like highly well respected actors appreciate oh yeah comedy you know and especially during that I feel like um, during that time I, I feel like it was a bigger thing they respected it more. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, uh, nowadays maybe it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, again, social media ruins almost everything. Yeah, almost that. And then, like like we were saying before, it seems that people people miss what the creator is actually trying to say. Yeah, well, that, and, that's a and then jump at it. Like well, you mentioned Jojo Rabbit, and I heard. Uh, I'm not, I don't. Want, I'm not going to give anything away because yeah. I, you haven't seen it. But I 100% recommend it. But I hear people, some people were saying like, "Oh, they were too kind on the Nazis." And it's like th- the entire time they're goofing on them. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. I mean, I could I could see that that was the whole point that like of the movie, right? Was to yeah. I and granted, that's that's uh, Taika, not uh, not Mel, but yeah, it's, it's in the same category where like, well, it's both Hit- Hitler, Hitler, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it was great to see because you sent me uh, before we started this yeah. the the picture of Mel because Mel always takes uh, a comb yeah. and puts it under him to make a little Hitler mustache and then he he gives the salute and then the, I guess there was a running gag in in this whole thing where they couldn't figure out how to end each interview yeah. and so. That was one of the ways he tried. Where like I guess they zoomed out and they panned up, and he's standing like basically on the roof. Yeah, that was he, that was my favorite part. And he's just he's holding the comb and he's he saluting saying, like fake German. Yep. <laughs> it's oh my god, but it's that's, so good. But that's funny because you're just you're making fun of it all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's the way that I'm, I don't know what to say. Like that's the way to win, or that's like the way to deal with it mm-hmm. i guess yeah you're tearing is... down the structures of everything exactly, exactly i saw um similar similar to this because it's uh joan rivers and she was in Spaceballs. yeah uh, and i guess good friends with mel she was doing like a comedy bit i think relating to i think deafness or or, or blindness or whatever and somebody in the audience got like really offended and she was like you schmuck my mother was deaf or blind or whatever whichever the context yeah. was and she's like you're supposed to laugh that's what like yeah. it helps you heal yeah and it's just like it's so true. Like that's what the, these geniuses were able to like tackle. Well, Joan Joan Rivers would go for the jugular mm-hmm. like every time. People don't realize yeah. like she was intense, mm-hmm. but hilarious. Yeah. One of the funniest ever. Yeah, and uh, similar to to that, I'm thinking of because uh, Mel used to write on for. Um, the show, Sid Caesar, the show of shows. Yeah, and there's like the brilliant scene where Sid Caesar is the the general. 
yeah, yeah the oh. German general, yeah. and like he's like, it's this whole thing where he, I guess he's speaking in his like fake fake. Yeah, accent. he was like a like a savant with doing like fake accents. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. So he's like doing this whole thing, and like the his assistant is helping him get into his general's uniform, and like he's being so very strict and whatever. And it's it's this long drawn out scene, and then he like finally leaves his room and he's walking through this party, whatever, and then exits through this main door and takes out a whistle and blows it. And it turns out he's just trying to hail a cab for somebody. Like mm. that's his job. His job is and obviously this high rank. German general and like you're able to poke fun at like this strictness this structure the this yeah. like like he was saying you have to attack the system yeah absolutely and they got it back then yeah you know nowadays who knows but who knows now maybe maybe things will will turn around maybe I loved there was a story or a bit that he told that I had never never heard before uh, until this and it was when he did that uh, the Texas guy's accent. Oh yeah, okay. Where he's talking about, it, he's like, "What are these little Jews?" I yeah, never, yeah. never heard. Of, I got me one of them Jews that can count, and he's like talking about how oh. he's got this whole Jew accountant. Yeah. Oh my god, I was dying. I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend going through, watching the documentary, but also there's mm-hmm. there's some other stuff too. There's there's um stuff where um him and Dick Cavett. There's like a lot of different. Um, I love that one. There's a there's that on HBO, but there's I wish also a lot of. brought that di- back. The yeah. Decathlon. I think I, it. I think it is back now. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think we. Well, just, that's exciting. Yeah, because I think to kind of um, coincide with all this stuff. That makes sense. But also, there's stuff you can find online. You, just any any mm-hmm. clips of him, and uh, and of course the movies. Right. I, I can't say enough about the movies. Definitely, but it is interesting, like how charismatic he was, or was. Knock on wood. How charismatic he is, yeah. and oh, I'm saying was in the past because of uh, the interviews that he was in. Like mm-hmm. he was just he would t- take on this like this aura, this 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 otherworldly aspect when he was uh, in, in in an interview. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's just he's really just one of a kind. I really don't know if there will be anyone anyone like him again. Yeah, honestly. But I want to know. Yeah. At the end of the documentary. Mm-hmm. What was Tom Jones doing there? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I didn't. Is I, that a thing? Is that like a? That's like a joke I don't get, or, but, or yeah. maybe that's something that might be for like. There's, I think there is some stuff in there that's like for the older generation maybe. that I'm just not aware of. Yeah, because I was confused by that too. That was confusing. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that. was I did about. think it was interesting, kind of jumping back to the music part where he was saying that I didn't realize I knew he was a drummer. I didn't realize that he learned from Buddy Rich. Yeah, that's that's something. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. How about did that. like what what was going on in 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 Brooklyn at that time? That uh, everybody was just there. Yeah, every like <laughs> everyone cool was was in Brooklyn at the time. And, I guess so. And just, they were all just hanging out together, having a grand old time. <laughs> I don't know. Things have changed. I, I have no idea. <laughs> things have definitely changed. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but th- you forget, you know, Mel Brooks is, he's 93, so he was born in the 1920s. Wow. So he's been around, like, this'll be, that's kind of crazy, think about, like, mm-hmm. because we're in, in the, when you're listening to this, we're in the new year. Yes. And that means he's in another 20s. Like that is 20, Like, right? Isn't that, isn't that wild? Right? It's like a wild thing. Yeah. Jeez. You know, to, like, go, you spend an entire, well, not, like, almost 100 years, so you've been through all these decades yeah it's just so crazy 
to it, live that long and to like be I don't know. That's just nuts to me. Yeah, truly. I man, I want to meet him so bad. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe someday. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely it's not gonna happen. I was thinking it would have been funny. Because you, you mentioned how Seth Rogen is like a huge fan yeah. of Mel Brooks. So I was thinking for a second, I was like, oh man, if I could find like a soundboard with with his his laugh and everything like that, yeah. I could be like, hey, our special guest Seth Rogen is on. Yeah. But there's no good like soundboard of soundboards of his laugh, which is interesting. But I did find this. I don't know if this will help. Yeah. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Is that anything? Can we do anything with that? We could do something with that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> what is that from? That's from Kindergarten Cop. That is from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure, because I was like, that's not, because um, I think of Kindergarten Cop and Jingle All the Way, but oh, Jingle All the Way, he doesn't say, like he, where he's like kind of, he does a dash a dance a prance a vixen call me Cooper Dama Blissin. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good sound bite That too. would be a good one. Or It's Turbo Time. Oh, yeah. It's Turbo Time where there's another one who says, uh, yeah, oh yeah, no, Turbo Time is... Is probably my favorite. Yeah. It's devolved into something else, but I was just thinking about that. It's turbo time. Yeah. <laughs> Check out Jingle All the Way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a fun holiday movie. I'm thinking not only should we do a Melathon, yeah, but we should also do like a Mel like a Brooks production thon. Like Brooks films, Brooks films, like yeah. watch like the Elephant Man, the Fly, and the Fly. Yeah, yeah. He, you forget that he worked with all those guys. Yeah. Um, and he like was producer. He was a producer on all that stuff. It, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know why or how that happened, but um, right. But there's some great stuff though. Yeah. I mean, I love the Fly. Mm-hmm. The Fly is, I think, fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. weird to think like the seven. What was it? The seven degrees of bacon or whatever is like. One degree of bacon between uh, Mel Brooks and John Hurt because of the Elephant Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah. But yeah, we should definitely go through and uh, and do all that. Yeah. And, and watch all that stuff. Definitely have to do a melathon. I should relook at 12 Chairs because I don't think they really mentioned it in this one, in, in this documentary, but I was watching another one before you showed up, and he was talking about it. I don't know. He was talking about it in a very, um, not passionate way, but like a positive light, where he was saying it's like a lot of these stories were, were I guess, about like kind of like a father-son situation, where if you look at the producers, it's the father, the older man, Zero Mistel, and he's kind of corrupting the son, which right. is like uh, Gene Wild. Wilder. Yeah. And then in Zero... Uh, Twelve Chairs. It's more of the this younger kind of guy who's corrupting this older man. Yeah, so just it was interesting. I feel like I should revisit that movie. Yeah, well, I, I'd like to go and and watch all watch everything again, but also watch the ones that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. such as the Twelve Chairs, such as um, Life Stinks, and yeah, just to kind of say I've done, just to kind of mm-hmm. get through it. And I to actually say I've should done it. finally see the Dracula one. Yeah, that one too. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not as not as good, but no. maybe, you know, they might be okay. Yeah, like by comparison to some other stuff, like they might be not that bad. Right. I think the bar was always set high for him because I look at some of the reviews and I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. But like this movie got a better review than that. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me. You know. Well, I think he actually mentioned that they were saying like originally 
his movies got terrible reviews. Yeah. Well, as time goes on, like if you look back now, his movies are like his older movies are better reviewed than they were at the time. Oh, absolutely. You know, because it like over time people get an appreciation for mm-hmm. them. You know, when I was changes when I did type in Mel Brooks and it showed like the movies and stuff like that. Young Frankenstein got five stars, yeah. and Blazing Saddles got four. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. I don't know what that's about. I think yeah. Young Frankenstein was always seen as his best, mm-hmm. um, but Blazing Saddles is always right there as a close second, yeah. if not almost on on par. So I don't, I don't quite understand mm-hmm. it. I mean, I personally, Young Frankenstein is my favorite, but yeah, um, yeah it might be mine. But yeah, too. It's, it's still like all of those, all of those are great. Yeah, no, they're all fantastic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and uh, put one above the other, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would probably agree with you on Frankenstein. Again, though, I always need to rewatch them and like formulate new opinions. Yeah, and like figure out what's what you know things you miss, and you always miss things or things you find funnier at different times in your life. Yeah, but yeah. let's let's do another melathon and yes. let's uh, and let's get back to all you guys. And yeah, you guys should definitely watch the documentary. Watch watch anything you can. Um, Mel Brooks is our hero. He is. and he should be yours too. Definitely. Should we uh, do some housekeeping? Do it up. Have some housekeeping for the well. I guess for right now, for us right now, end of the year. Yeah, it's actually the thirty first right now. Yeah, but for you guys, it's the new year. New yes. year of housekeeping. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If you liked this episode of the Poncho Section, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast player. Follow us on the social medias: Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams. Type the Poncho Section and look for Headley the Duck. Do you want to support the Poncho Section and show that support? Well, get yourself some Poncho Section merch. We got t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, phone cases, art prints, stickers, and mugs. Just go to theponchosection.com, scroll down to the bottom, and click merch. And finally, if you want to be featured on an episode of the Poncho Section, send a voice memo to ponchosection at gmail.com, and we'll play it in an upcoming episode. Alrighty. Sounds good. Happy New Year to you all, and we'll have a lot more coming this year, guys. Yeah. And, uh... Be well. Watch Mel Brooks. Peace.